Welcome back to Trad Men, everybody. Mad lads, trad lads, and uh, well, I don't know. That's all. I, that's all I can think of. <laughs> you know what, Mark? You know, what, Mark. We we always have a simple introduction, and I was just sitting here thinking about the paleocrats introduction. Why don't we? Why don't we up our game on the introduction here? Give me, give me just a moment. Let's see what you think. Okay. All right. Let's let's hear it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trad Men. The moon is out. The wolves are howling. I am your co-host, Jason, here at Streamyard Studios with the other co-host, Mark, as we come together to bring you another edifying episode. So stick around and grow in holiness with us. Okay, I like that. I like that. We're doing that from now on. We're doing that from now on. That was was boss. I loved it. While you were sitting here um, getting your computer squared away, I was thinking about introductions for some reason, and I don't know if you've ever watched a paleocrat. I, I have dude, a little bit, yeah. That dude has some introductions. I'm like, dude, I'm ready to hit a brick wall, you know, <laughs> just run right through that sucker. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give my hand at it. Dude, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Let's do that from now on, man. That was great. Uh, that was so good. Just so uh, you know, the, the repeats are never as good as the original, though. Well, you know, I think we can switch it up, dude. Let's, yeah, let's switch not? it up. Um, <laughs> so tonight's episode will be kind of an interesting one. I think I, I've wanted to talk about this for a while. And um, uh, it's something I think that it, it is, in my opinion, the, the hardest thing about the Catholic religion. And uh, the hardest thing about the Catholic religion is not getting to Mass on Sunday. It's not remembering to say your rosary every day. It's not even confession, in my opinion. Though to, to, although there's an element going on about this in confession. But to me, the hardest thing about the Catholic religion is forgiveness. Um, and that's something I've wanted to talk a little bit about, but, but, and as always, before we begin, let's invoke the divine blessing and, uh, ask the Holy ghost for some special graces, uh, so that we can have an edifying and fruitful discussion. And we invite all of our listeners to join along with us, um, as we pray the, our father, we'll pray it in English. Uh, if, if, if that's, if that's all good with, with Jason and yeah, uh, you want to. You want to take the first half? I take the second. You want to do it together? What you thinking? Yeah, let's do. I'll do like we'll do like the. I'll do the first half. We'll do the second, just okay. like we do in the rosary. Okay. Perfect. In the name of the Father and of the Son Amen. and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Forgive men their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also (laughs) forgive you from Matthew 6, 12. And there's a a commentary from Augustine of Hippo on this very passage of the Bible. And Augustine says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that's that's what the Latin text has. uh, uh, Debitoribus nostris, right? Um, is this necessary except in this life? For in the other we shall have no debts. For what are debts but sins? See, ye are on the point of being baptized, then all your sins will be blotted out. None whatsoever will remain. Whatever evil ye have done in deed or word or desire or thought, all will be blotted out. And yet, if in life, which is after baptism, there were security from sin, we should not learn such a prayer as this. Forgive us our debts. Only let us 
uh, by all means, what comes next as we forgive our debtors? Um, and he goes on to say that uh, that uh, it is manifest by by debts that are meant sins. Um, and either from that statement, which the Lord himself makes, you shall by no means come out thence till you have paid the utmost farthing or from the fact that he, now this is not what I, now where is the quote that I had five seconds ago? See, wait, wait, folks. I, I thought there was no show prep on this one. We just wanted to hit it and go. You prep. I, you I, left me out hanging, bro. Well, I didn't. I had, my kids would say. I had, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, by see, the way, by the way, like, I'm drinking this. This is the first time I've had raw milk. I just picked it up today. Oh, you really good. are. You really are a trad man, aren't you? Base dude. So, <laughs> so talking about bro, you know, like a lot of the kids today, they'll say bruh, bruh this, bruh, and bruh that. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, my daughter came up and we were talking to her, me and my wife, and she goes, she was telling us a story, right? She was like, so and so did this, bruh, and I was like, whoa, whoa. I said, you can talk to your friends like that. But you do not call mom and dad, bruh. You don't call, bro, you don't call us, bruh. Stuff like that, yeah. And she goes, I mean, she wasn't in trouble or anything. We're like, no, no, you don't, you don't talk to your parents. That's your friend talk, you know. But I hear that, bruh, all the time now, bruh. Um. Anyway, forgive us our sins as forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. And I had a beautiful quote from Augustine, and it's gone now because, uh, you know, everything is different now that I've. Mm-hmm. had to restart my computer and everything. But I was thinking a lot about this because, you know, I, I think we've all got, I have a short list. It's a list. It's a short list, but it's a list of people that I just can't forgive that, that have something has happened. Like I, I, I try to be a forgiving person, but there's just some burns that hurt so bad and I don't know how to get past it. And I was thinking recently about um, the those poor people at that Fourth of July parade, who that uh, that lunatic opened fire on and killed all those people. And I thought, if I'm having a hard time forgiving people, I can only imagine what those folks are going through. Some of them must. Some of them are probably Catholic. Uh, and so there's some brothers and sister Catholics out there that are hurting and. This is a this is a really tough command to follow, and it's the only time really that our Lord commands us to pray in this sort of contractual way, like "Forgive us as I will forgive against me." And I'm curious uh, as to how you go forward with something like that in times in which. A, A, well, A, I, I'm curious as to why forgiveness is so important in the in the Christian religion and the Catholic religion in particular, as opposed to, say, other religious denominations that don't put as much of an emphasis on that. And B, how do you do that in times when it's really, really hard or even somewhat impossible? Um, yeah. Jason, do you have any... Do you have any things that you just ain't ready to forgive yet? I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that I just haven't like forgiven somebody for. Now that doesn't of course mean that 
the trust or the, you know, even liking that person anymore is necessarily there. But I don't know that there's anybody I really hold any, I guess if you want to say ill will, or there's like something that needs to be done with them in order for me to forgive them. You know, it's like, it's, I I don't think so. And, you know, when I was good, that's good. When I, when I was younger, I used to, you know, we, we hear about Jesus talking about forgiveness and, you know, you always hear where you forgive a person, whether or not they forgive you. Right. right. For one, for one, it's good for you personally, not right. to, not to hold those grudges and whatnot. But then I heard somebody say something one time that said, <clears throat> why should I forgive somebody if they haven't asked me to forgive them? Because God doesn't forgive us unless we ask him, are we more holy? Are we greater than God? to forgive somebody without the mask and when that is what God requires. And for many years, that kind of put me in a spin. Cause I was like, well, I mean, on the surface, that makes sense. But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that I don't know that there's much wisdom necessarily in that. Yeah. Um, and then ironically enough, that was kind of one of the things I wanted to bring up when I was trying to help you find your St. Augustine quote, <laughs> this quote pops up right away. To withhold forgiveness is to take poison and expect the unforgiven to die. Right. And it kind of reiterated that, yeah, that that mindset that I just mentioned about, well, I don't have to forgive them unless they ask me because God doesn't necessarily do that. Well, St. Augustine says, why am I going to take that poison? Because it will eat you up. And I know with the prison ministry I had been involved with, the Colvin prison ministries, there's a lot of people in prison that that not necessarily the only thing that got them there, but one of the things that helped propel them to prison was their inability to forgive people of what they perceived as a wrong, as a slight, you know, as a, somebody cheated them out of something, somebody hurt them when they were they younger. Sought vengeance. Sought vengeance. There, you know, forgiveness is a very hard thing to come by. And like this quote says, it's a poison that can drive you to places you never thought you would go. Yeah, and I think I think there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation because yeah, and and I think I, I and I know that the sacrament of confession is sometimes called the sacrament of reconciliation, and I know that that's got kind of a a modernist tinge to it. And well, there's like, two parties involved: the reconciliation. Yeah, because I I think yeah. Christ Christ has for Christ does forgive even those who don't ask for it. I mean, on the on the cross. Uh, our Lord's uh, our Lord's last words were, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." So these were yeah. not men who were seeking forgiveness, but even in that sense, they were they were uh, our Lord was forgiving them, but they weren't they were not yet reconciled with God yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there there might be a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I have recently had a falling out with uh, a close family member, and. It's it, it's not just one instance. This was just an instance that sort of broke the camel's back. It's been a 20-year-long just uh, cycle of abusive behavior. Um, and then finally I had had enough. And I, I was sitting there thinking, like, if they reached out to me today and said, I'm sorry, I don't know that I'm even ready. I don't know that I'm in a place where I'm even ready to accept that apology. And... And that's not good. I, I I don't like that about myself. And I I do I, I see that as a major 
encumbrance on my spiritual life and something that I don't even know if I can bring it to the sacrament of confession because again, I'm not, I, I can't, I, I'm not sorry about it. And I don't know that I'm um, ready to make a firm purpose of amendment to change that yet. I mean, I've had, I have this, this family member is, is I, I, I've unfriended them on Facebook. Not that anybody's on Facebook <laughs> anymore, but I've, I've blocked them. I, 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 I have told them not to contact me. So in a sense, I've closed off the avenue of of being reconciled and i know that our lord says that that and if we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven we must be reconciled with our brothers and sisters and i'm not there yet man and i'm really worried about it i thought this was and i and i figured you know i can't be alone there've got to be catholics out there who man they they struggle with well, this too and yeah and, and doesn't paul write about is it paul but anyway, I know it's somewhere in scripture says that if you, you know, if you go to make an offering and you have, um, you know, you have an issue with your brother to leave your gift at the altar, go make amends and then come back. But, you know, going back to the question you asked me at the beginning, I mean, <clears throat> I, I guess for me growing up, just I won't go into details, but things that happened to me is growing up. And then seeing, you know, how things worked out and whatnot, I honestly believe helped me in many ways to give forgiveness. Now, sometimes maybe, maybe, maybe I forgive and forget too easy, but I shouldn't even say forget because even, even, even the things that people have hurt me and slided me over, it's not like I ever forget it. You know, yeah. uh, it's not like there's not hurt in some situations that doesn't manifest itself later, maybe in an outburst, say, or maybe in, in, in harsh words or just the way you treat that person or even other people as a result of that. Um, because, because again, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean there's not consequences that will potentially follow you around the rest of your life. Right. But why exacerbate the problem by holding that grudge and really saying, I'm just, I'm just not going to even try to forgive that person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, because I'd like, I'd like to get to a place where I could, I mean, I guess in a sense I have forgiven, but I am not ready to be reconciled because I don't trust this person not to do that again. Um, because like I said, it's a 20 year cycle of abuse, but let me, let me give you another bigger, broader example, right? Okay. In many ways, I have not, I, to this day, we're, we're a year, we are a year to the day. This is one year since Traditionis Custodis come out. I have not forgiven Francis for that. That, that. that was the cruelest thing I think I have ever seen a Catholic prelate do. In the middle of a global pandemic in which most people, a lot of people have been denied their mass for a year. And they, and they, and they, they, they didn't like it, but they played ball. We did what we were supposed to do. And in the midst of that, Francis thought that it would be a good time to come out and say, yeah, you know, uh, you people, I'm taking your mask away for forever. That was the cruelest thing I think I've ever seen a prelate do. And the smug superiority with which he just went and did that uh, enraged me. I mean, it really did. It enraged me. And so, you know, recently he came out with this new um, document on the liturgy. I didn't even read it. 
I, I didn't even read it. I don't even care what he has to say anymore. Uh, I mean, I still think he's the Holy Father. And um, I don't actively hope bad things happen to him. But honestly, most of the time, Jace, my prayer is, Lord, deliver us from the yoke of Francis. And I don't want that to be my prayer. That's not a good prayer. That's not good. That's not praying for the Holy Father. When the, when the, when the Incaridian no, no. Indulgentium says prayers for the Holy Father, that's not what it had in mind. Right, and right. Yeah, I, no, that's I not wonder, a good thing. No, it's not. And I, I, I think at some point, I, I've really got to work on this this uh this forgiveness aspect it, it, like i said this is this is the hardest part about catholicism for me um and i also think that that one of the reasons why confession is so hard for a lot of people is that it's incredibly difficult to forgive yourself for a lot of things um yeah. And especially when you when you have sins, it seems like you're, you know, because we all have our sins that we struggle with more than than others. Right. Right. And especially when you're in a confession, you're like, how many times am I going to have to ask, you know, ask forgiveness for this? It's not for lack of trying. It's not for a lack of praying or whatever. Sometimes people are just predisposed to certain sins versus others. You know, everybody has their cross to carry, has their weaknesses. Um that's why that I have an issue that I've seen. I haven't been convinced of the argument when people try to say that God only forgives a certain amount of sins. And then after that, he's done. You know, like if you keep going and they'll quote St. Augustine, they'll quote, um, you know, a, a few of like another, some medieval saints and stuff like that. But I know with the Augustine one for sure was taken out of context because When's when's the last time that you can have forgiveness of sins? Once you die, that's it. And that's what Augustine's point was. Like you can sin, but if if you're going to reach a point in your life where your life is over, your earthly life, and then after that, there's no forgiveness of sins. Right. But but does God expect us to live in perfection? Absolutely not. He expects us to strive for that perfection. You know, living living good holy lives. But 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 he knows, you know, he became man to he understands our struggles, he understands our weaknesses and stuff like that. Having never sinned himself, he still understands our our human nature, right? So he understands that hey, because of the fall, this is a battle that will go on till personally the end of your life and you know, till the end of uh the till you know, till the second head. coming. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I yeah, and especially uh, when you know sins that I thought, okay, so I you know I when I'd go to confession, I was like a sixteen, seventeen year old, uh, and I would view something pornographic. I'd, you go to confession, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to confession because the church says I can't do this, mm-hmm. and this is and the church says this is wrong. But really, I haven't really hurt anybody. I haven't really yeah. done it. You know. And then you get to be an adult and like in my, in my, uh, in my practice, one of the things that I do in my practice is I uh, represent child abuse victims in the foster care system. And you learn about human trafficking and you learn about the human cost of Mm -hmm. those films and those pictures and the industries they drive and the industries that drive them and, 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 and how they ruin and destroy these 
these young girls and quite frankly the men too mm-hmm. how they destroy their lives and their and and the 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 trauma the trauma that's inflicted upon people and then you look back and you go i was a consumer of that i was part of that i'm i'm part of that abuse cycle i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not separated from that like i imagine myself to be and it it's 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 difficult to forgive yourself and but then you have to go back and say you don't you do not have a higher moral sense than god does you don't so if god has forgiven you and that's one of the great things about the sacrament of confession and i can't wait till we get to do that episode but one of the the the, the most beautiful words to me are ego te absolvo when the priest acting in persona christi uh, says the, the 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 words of absolution. I don't have to wonder if I if God has absolved me mm-hmm. from my sins. I heard it. The church told me, and so I know that it happened. Um, and so, yeah, you you it, it is it is a very humbling experience when you realize the that a lot of these quote unquote victimless sins that you were involved in, um, you did a lot of damage to people and. It's it's it really reminds you of your nature of your na- of your fallen nature. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of victimless, like you said, victimless sins. Um, you know, just speaking of the pornography in particular, even even aside all the sex trafficking and and whatnot, that, you know how those films are made. If you're a married person, you're affecting your spouse because study after study shows that it affects your as a man. It will affect your sexual drive as a man to where your wife isn't pleasing to you like she should be because you've seen all this other this other filth. So the dopamines and stuff in your brain are used to these other highs and that is not doing it. And it, it will affect your relationship with your wife and you won't even ever know it. And and studies after studies have shown that. And and to me, what's what's so interesting is how difficult it is. See, if you want to know if something's satanic, look at how difficult it is to quit it. So uh, you know, Satan is all about force. He sells a false promise of freedom. He tells you you're going to be liberated. You're going to you, you you will not die. You will be as gods. And mm-hmm. but the truth is, God represents freedom. Satan represents slavery. And if you don't believe that. Look at how much easier it is to quit going to church than it is to quit doing cocaine. Because, and that the reason, there's a reason why these things are called vices. A vice is something that grips you and will not let go. Satan is all about force, right? That's, that's, that's the reason why you don't get to choose which liturgy you want to go to. The yeah. modernists, you will go to the Novus Ordo Mise or else. That's Satan who does that. God does not do that. Well, and, God has never done that. Uh, yeah. But going going back to vices, I mean, yeah. If you want to know if something is 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 satanic or not, you don't need to open the catechism. Look at how easy or how difficult it is to quit it. Yeah, that'll tell you right there. Um, I know I got off topic from no, this, but <laughs> but we get off topic a lot here. But yeah, we're um, pretty good at that. <clears throat> do do. The the story of the uh, the 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 parable of the uh, prodigal son is a great story, but it yeah. also it also kind of enrages me a little bit. <laughs> you know, speaking speaking of which, I always enjoy how at least at 
every confessional that I can think of, they always have a picture of the prodigal son. And if yeah. you know that story, it's a good, it's a good reminder of who you are and who God is and what you're doing. Yeah. Cause I think in a lot of, and because in some ways we've been both of the sons, right? Throughout our life, we've been, we've been, mm-hmm. we've been the prodigal son, but we've also been the good son. And the, and it's a really beautiful story when you look at it from the perspective of the prodigal son. But when you look at it from the perspective of the good son, you feel a little cheated and a little robbed and you feel a little like, okay, wait a minute, hold up. You know, this guy gets the fatted calf and, you know, I've been doing all the right things and what do I get? And, and I could, you know, but again, that's what goes, that's what's so difficult to understand is. Um, in order to, it, in order to receive true spiritual fruit, it's not a, in other words, I like to use the analogy that God is not a Coke machine. God, God's not a Coke machine. You don't just put prayer tokens in until free stuff falls out. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's part of the problem with that whole health and wealth gospel that they're selling over at Lakewood church, you know? Uh, if, if, if your, your, your wealth and your prosperity is a sign that you're doing all the right things, go back and read the book of Job. You don't, we don't know why God bestows certain blessings and takes certain gifts away from us at certain times when he does such to the sense that even when you lose things, that's still a blessing. It just doesn't look like it in that moment. And like Job says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's a difficult thing to sometimes look at. Um, You know, when I was younger, I used to, because I, you know, high school, typical high school boy, I was really into sports and stuff like that. And I'm not a, I'm not a tall guy. I come from a bunch of tall people on my dad's side, but I got my mom's height. But anyway, they, um, I remember I used to think that, you know, I was a, I mean, I wasn't a bad, I mean, I was a starter in football, you know, pretty much my whole career in high school and stuff like that and everything. And one, one of the biggest drawbacks for me as far as recruiting was my height, right? You know, I mean, I'm five foot seven and uh decent speed. So I didn't have that overwhelming speed to make up for my, my size. Right. Right. And I remember I used to, (laughs) I used to think, you know what, maybe, maybe God didn't bestow upon me the blessings of size and speed to make it to college or pro or whatever, because maybe I would end up with the, with my mindset, maybe I would end up being a terrible person. Dude, I've, now I I may be way off. I I mean, it may just be, no, you're just short and mediocre speed, you know? Well, like, like I've never wanted to be rich and famous. I, I I'm terrible. I would be, which is weird for like one of the things that bothers me about the podcast is when people start listening to it. Remember when like we broke our first 100 listeners? Yeah. I never told you this, man, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm quitting the podcast. I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> because I, because every, like you look at those people, man, they got problems, man. They they got problems I don't want to know anything about, man. I, I don't mean, know the the king Matt Frad. 
Seems like he's doing like he's doing. Of course, they, you never yeah. know what's going behind closed doors. You but, never know. You but, never know what's going on behind. Closed. But That's to, a good point. but but to your point, yeah, a lot of people kind of. Some of them sell out. Some of them just become terrible people. You know, they, always, let the, they let it go to their head. Well, I know, I know the the we get certain comments on here that that criticize us for being, um, shall we say, a little plus. You know, I've always been body positivity. When I when I when I got into my like mid thirties, I started to look at, at people around me who were like really good looking. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I could handle that. I, I would love to tell you that I would use my powers only for good, but yeah. um, that's a lot of stress. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a lot of stress to keep up with all that. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I, I I just like being average, you know. Nobody I walk into the bank, nobody's looking at me, nobody wants to talk to me, nobody, you know, that's fine with me. I'll take that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um but anyway, I I going back to that thing about the prodigal son, um, you know, Christ lays out for us not just an example of how God behaves, but an example of how we are to behave with one another. And yeah, I it's weird, but I I think the first step is being honest with yourself and saying, yeah, there are some folks that I have not that I that I don't forgive yet. Okay, and who are those people? Okay, for me, it's a pretty short list, but there's a short list of about two or three people that. If they were drowning, I'd probably throw them a barbell. Um, <laughs> and that's not the, okay. Okay. So we've identified the problem, right? And we've, I, we've been honest about, it, we've identified the problem. So now what do we do about it? Okay. Um, I, I think right now kind of where I'm at is I'm starting to incorporate into my, my daily devotions, into my daily prayers, a special prayer to the Holy Spirit. Give me the grace to forgive. God knows that you're a fallen, limited creature, that you do not have infinite mercy. Um, and part of one of the reasons why we are so um, devoted to the Holy Eucharist is that um, when we take our Lord physically into our physical body, He sets up a temple for himself in our hearts. He's building our hearts to be more like his, to to love that which he loves and despise that which he despises. If we were already there, we wouldn't need to do all this stuff, right? So I think God knows that. And I think it's a recognition of our limited fallen nature when we come to our Lord and say, Lord, I, I know you want me to forgive and I know that I need to forgive. But right now, I hate this person with the fury of a thousand sons. So that's where I'm at. I want to be more like you. And I, I, and I recognize that I'm not like you now. And the only way I'm going to get there is with your grace. Do you, do, do you think situations like that, maybe, you know, if, if some people, even people that are more predisposed to have issues with forgiveness, maybe that's, God working through them to help them understand you can't do everything without me. You need me because you know, there's, there's a lot of things in our life that we really can't do without God. Right. And, and sometimes it almost seems like, I, I don't know how to say this. Maybe God checks us or whatever saying, Hey, I know you're struggling with this and you can't get over that hump, but guess what? 
come to me. It may take a week. It may take five years, but stay faithful and you'll find out that you can't do it alone, but I can get you over that hump. Do you think for some people maybe that have trouble with forgiveness, maybe that's, that's God showing them, Hey, you need me. So the only, the, so there's, there are certain sins that there sins against purity for been primary, primarily <clears throat> that I wasn't able to overcome until I finally came to our Lord and said, Lord, you have to do it because I can't. If, if you want me to change, you have to change me because if I don't have the strength. And if I did, I would have done it by now. And things and things started to get better. And, and just going back to confession every time and not being embarrassed because you, it, this isn't, you have to fundamentally understand your problem, not just with purity, but with, with all, all the sins. Your problem yeah. is fundamentally a supernatural problem. This is not, uh, the priest is not in there thinking, you know, when are you going to fix this? He knows yeah. you can't fix this. You're in the box to fix this. And a lot of these sins and, and, and almost always the question, at least for me, I, I'm assuming it's the same for me, is how is your prayer life? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the first questions always. Sure. Sure. And, and I think, you know, going back to with it, for every virtue, there's a corresponding sin that blocks it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if the virtue is forgiveness, I can't help but think that the primary sin against that, that blocks this is pride. And I oh, know, yeah. I know that I'm an incredibly prideful and proud person. Um, and I, you know, I, I think you, it, chasing that virtue of humility is a great, great thing and a great step in the right direction. And somebody once told me a very wise person said the whole secret to life is don't take things personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's right. And a lot of things in my life that used to really bother me, uh, like uh, the, the comment that was left a couple of months ago about how overweight we are, whatever, <laughs> man, six or seven years ago, that would have kept me awake. I would have, that would have bothered the hell out of me. Uh, and now I'm just able to look at that and go, well, yeah, but this person doesn't really know me. So I well, can't and, take that personally. And then you just, and that's what I was going to say earlier about traditional you know, custodians. I guess I just never took it personally because it necessarily yeah. wasn't directed at me personally. Now Pope Francis did that to me and he yeah. did it to now me he, on purpose. Now he did it to a group <laughs> I, I proudly associate with, right. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I love being a Catholic. I love the traditional Catholic, values and liturgy and stuff like that right not even though sure. traditional catholic values is even correct because the value shouldn't change right. but you get my point um I and i i had never thought of this before because as you were talking about forgiveness earlier one of the questions that kept coming to mind well how can we help what can we say to ourselves or to other people who are struggling with forgiveness to help them get over that hump? And I wasn't really coming up with anything off just off the cuff here. Right. And then I kind of remembered, uh, you know, talking with Anthony over at um, avoiding Babylon last night, you know, the shout out to Anthony. They, they mentioned how, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, talks about how only some de demons only come out with, fasting and prayer yeah. and it kind of made me think like maybe if maybe if forgiveness is something you struggle with and it's something you're really wanting like you really trying to forgive somebody but you just can't do it maybe add fasting to your prayer and see if that helps 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and yeah, cause, because fasting also reinforces humility. It re- fasting is a reminder of your fallen nature. Like about how weak else. you really about are. How weak you really are. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I haven't, I haven't had two meals. I'm about to, <laughs> I've got a headache, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I can't help but think that, um, by by chasing well i don't want to say chasing humility that sounds that sounds like i'm doing something wrong but by <laughs> by pursuing by pursuing the holy virtues um you will open up a whole lot of opportunities in your, for growth in your spiritual life and even with forgiveness i i i really do believe that one day i'm going to get to a point where i can not only forgive but be reconciled now, here's the question, um, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, just there, there might, it might be the case that in order to be reconciled and in order to forgive, you may have to set some boundaries with this particular person or this particular situation such that they can't be in your life anymore. Um, I don't think that's a sin, and I don't think that that... No. In some cases, and, and maybe in many cases, that 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 may that may be the healthy and correct way to pursue that. Yeah. So, um, well, there's a difference in that, in saying if they came for me to help, I wouldn't help them. You know, forget right. them. You know, you, you, for your health and mental health and 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 whatever spiritual health, you may say, I'm just not going to interact with that person that doesn't mean i hate them it doesn't mean that if they need my help i'm just going to brush them off you know i'm still willing to help and show them the love of christ the best i can you know yeah, if and you, sometimes if, help but but see again like you know if you've got somebody who you know every six months they borrow money from you and never return it and when they need help yeah. you may have to say no no but, there are yeah there are limits in, in many yeah. situations um, but again, it's, it, 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 all goes back. You know, I know it sounds cliche so much, but it's so true. It all goes back to the heart. What are your intentions when you cut this person out? What are your intentions? Is it out of spite or is it out of love? Is it out of love, you know, uh, or not love? Is it for your health? Like you were mentioning, what's mm-hmm. your intention and what's in your heart for cutting this person? I think that is what really determines is this wrong or not? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, I, the, I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to follow up with that. I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, do you think that there comes a point when not forgiving somebody could jeopardize your soul? Or does that just, again, go back to the heart of the matter? Like, can you go through your whole life not forgiving somebody, but you never really hated them? You just couldn't forgive them. Would, do, do you think there's that would jeopardize your soul or do you think that hate would be required or just non-forgiveness? The, the way I understand this. And the, I don't the, know the, the answer to this. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, the, the, well, I don't know the answer either, but the way that I understand what our Lord admonishes us in the scriptures. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I do think so. I think that that is, um, and on, I, <clears throat> I, I, our Lord said that um, he 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 talks about forgiveness in so many ways. It's a huge. Our Lord has two basic pillars 
upon which his entire which i see the entire his entire message standing the first is the truth he seems really obsessed with not just being the messiah but in you believing that he is the messiah and i used to think about that a lot like why is it so important for me to believe that jesus is the messiah i mean wouldn't he be that if i believed in it or not i mean why is it so why why do why is it so important that i believe in it and really it boils down to you admitting the truth and loving what is true because the definition of what is good is that which is true because Christ is the Logos, and therefore he is truth itself, right? So I hear some people say sometimes, yeah, I lied, but I lied for the greater good. Well, there is no greater good than telling the truth. It's impossible. The, the, it, because that to say that, because Jesus said, I am the truth. So if there's a greater good than the truth, then that means there's a greater good than Jesus. And no, no, sorry. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, yeah. not. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, and then the other the other pillar upon which his entire message stands is mercy. And if you think about it, it makes sense because what is it that what is Christ here to do? Basically, he's here to undo the mess we made in Eden. And we go back I go back to the Garden of Eden and I think, what happened right after Adam and Eve ate the fruit? Well, they, they ran and they hid and God goes and searches them out. Like not like God didn't know where they exactly where they were, but he's asking, mm -hmm. where are you? Like, like, where are you? What are you doing? You know, um, not so much that, so that he could find out where we were. So maybe so that we could find out where we were. And they, several things that happened. Uh, the first thing they do is they blame each other. Um, Adam says it was the woman. Then he then he says then he blames God. It was the woman you gave me. Yeah. So now this is God's fault. Now, a couple things that you never see happen. Adam at no point owns his mistake. He, well, he never admits what he does. Never owns responsibility, and he never ever says I'm sorry. And asks for forgiveness. He just sort of wallows in his sin. And they're ex they're they're out of Eden and and thus begins our fun adventure in you know a life of a life of original sin, um, and Christ is here to undo all of that. So so mercy and forgiveness is a huge portion of of everything he talks about. And when he goes and he heals people, he doesn't just say go your leprosy is gone. The leprosy goes away. And then our Lord says, go, your sins are forgiven. Huge. I mean, yeah. that, that, that probably was bigger than just the curing of the leprosy, right? Go, your sins are forgiven. Um, well, it was definitely a bigger deal to the, to the people standing around at those times, like the, you know, some of the Pharisees and stuff like that. They took that. They took right. issue with that, and not the not that he healed the leprosy. They didn't seem to even care about the leprosy. Right. It was the fact that only God can forgive sins, and this this man is saying your sins are forgiven. How? Do, what authority does he have to say that? Because only God can. Right, right. And he also admonishes us 
to forgive one another and to be reconciled with one another. So I definitely think that our failure to do that, um, at least in the sense where we're just like, it's one thing to say, Lord, I, I know that I should forgive this person, but I'm not there yet. Please give me the grace to forgive. That's, that's one thing I think, but it's quite another thing to, to be like, no, I don't, I don't care. I hate that person. And I yeah. hope he gets mouth cancer. I, I just, I hope, I hope nothing but bad things happen to him. That was, um, an, that was an interesting, very specific form of death. You, you picked there. <laughs> well, I mean, some, sometimes you feel like that though. I think it's important to be honest. I mean, there's this, there, 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 one could get the impression that because we're Catholic content providers that, you know, the, the, We've got to figure the, it out. These life of this this life of angst and anguish just doesn't apply to us anymore. And wrong, man. You know, everyday this, struggle. <laughs> and I'm not good at it yet. I, and I think that sometimes can be helpful for people to hear because they may think like they're alone in all this. Like they'd like mm -hmm. if they're if they're feeling this way, something in they're, they're something inordinate is happening to them that doesn't happen to everybody else. Uh, and and I tell you, like this, so, some of the things that we've talked about in this yeah. podcast, have, at least recently, you know, looking back on the the things we've talked about, some of the things that I've learned, people that we've interacted with, have really helped me even in, in current struggles that, that I've had because you know I've struggled in prayer life here, you know, recently. I've struggled with even some of the the the. Uh, the problems you read about in Job, like, you know, you, you know, you, you know, why me, you know, why, you know, this person doesn't, I mean, to anybody that's listening, think they're alone. I've struggled with those things recently. And it's, uh, you know, it's through the, you know, I've never lost my faith, but I did, I do have those questions and I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with the questions. It's how you deal and interact with those questions, yeah. You know, because you don't want to ask those questions, especially of God, in a disrespectful way. Right. You know, um, you don't want to, you know, question God about why, um, you know, why he's nice to this, why he likes these people and not you. Because we already know that God does not show favoritism or partiality. Right. Um, so my, my, my point being is that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have struggles. You have struggles. We definitely ain't got it figured out, but this podcast has definitely been, like we said in the beginning, you know, if it's just me and you talking, it's it's been very helpful in my life. And and, and that's what we hope others get out of it too. If they, get, if they don't learn anything from any of our shows, the one thing that, that I would think I would want them to come away with is you're not alone, keep up the fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the book of Job because the book of Job is so poignant, but you have to, you have to read it for what it is. Like, and here's, here's a common misunderstanding about Job. Job gets all those things back at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think that God gives him all those things back at the end because Job remained faithful. It never says why Job gets all the stuff back at the end. The whole point of the book of Job is you don't know why God bestows mm -hmm. certain blessings to certain people in certain ways and why he takes those things away when he does. You can't know. It, it, to, it, to, don't get the impression that just because God has revealed himself to us, that now means we know everything there is to know yeah. about God. That yeah. is not the case. Um, in, in many ways, God's uh, 
infinity, his his uh, his his omniscience is part of the reason why you can't sort of definitively prove the existence or unexistence of God, because to prove something would be to encapsulate its totality and, 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 and understand everything that is this and everything that is not this. And God doesn't work that way. So you, you can, you can only really see God through the eyes of faith. And that, well, that's of course the grace of the Holy ghost. There are things you can discern about God. Yeah. I think uh, through, through the light of natural reason, but in the end, God reveals Himself, and well, and... well, just just think for the past two thousand years with, re, you know, all the the revealed truth. You know, it's not like in the first or second century they understood what we do today about divine revelation, right? Because there's a process, it, it, and it still is an ongoing process of figuring out this revealed revelation that, that God gave us with the death of the last apostle. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, I also think of the book of the book of Isaiah where it mentions, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it mentions, you know, who, you, to, you know, who are you to question, you know, God, he, you know, his ways are higher than mine, you know, just as the stars are above the earth. And he goes, and basically it says, worry about the things that God has, reveal not the things that you don't know so meaning we're never going to know everything about god but what he has given us that's what we need to focus on yeah yeah and don't and and don't worry about don't worry about tomorrow and and don't worry so much about uh i had something recently at the beginning of this month uh there's a, a part of my practice that i do is some debt claim relief stuff and that had slowed down a little bit. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to, I mean, I, I've got money coming in, but now I've got a little bit less coming in. I wasn't counting on that. And my wife was just like, don't worry about that. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Clients come in, clients go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He will give you what you need. He will, you will be, have you ever starved? There's stupid people out there, Mark. Don't need your no. services. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, hey. Some of my clients are not, and and no, I, no, I, 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 some I, of them, I, some I didn't of mean to, to to talk about all your guys. I'm just saying there there are no, people I that know. are gonna make stupid mistakes. Yeah, but I mean, it goes back to yeah, for sure. And 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 sure enough, she was right. She was absolutely right. We're, I mean, I'm not rolling in it, but I don't need to be rolling in it. Do I? Do I need that? You know, like you were talking about earlier. Is that? How important is that? It's more important. I, I'm paying my bills. I'm I'm feeding my family, and that's that's enough for me. And yeah. you know, sometimes sometimes you just need to be okay with enough instead of worrying about how much. Um, I know that's kind of off the topic of forgiveness a little bit, but going back to Job, Job, Job is the reason we're talking about that. And yeah, I don't. Um, there, I guess there are some times when you kind of feel like you're angry at God, like he's done, he's wronged you in some way. And I've, I've, I've even heard some people, I, I can't forgive God. And I'm like, well, that's okay. You don't have to forgive God. God didn't do anything. God didn't sin against you. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to worry about God forgiving you. Uh, and that's a whole but, other episode. I know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes very tragic things happen to people like, you know, these, these poor children, they got killed in Uvalde and, 
in places oh. like that, you know, as a parent, you say, how are they going to forgive them? And, and sometimes sadly that anger does manifest towards God. Now I pray that that anger towards God is put in the right direction, but, but, but from a purely human perspective, you can say, okay, I can see how people get to that point. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not yeah. saying that they should, but from, but like I said, from a purely human perspective as a father, you can see, you can see how people can go to dark places pretty quick. Oh, big time. And like, and yeah, talking about the thing that happened in Uvalde and the, and that, that 4th of July parade shooting and just the general, I mean, we live in it. We, Thanks to thanks to 50 years of legalized abortion, we live in a world in which human life is very cheap. And people don't and realize how much abortion has affected our morality as a society. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think people really understand and connect the dots that that because of abortion, our our concept of the dignity of a person is not better than it was before abortion. It's worse off. Oh, it's way worse. Go back and read Evangelium Vitae by Pope St. John Paul II. He lays out, if the culture of death thrives, these are going to be the results of that. And I mean, point by point, you can look back and you can see the world we live in now. Well, I mean, I mean, just take the whole transgender movement. The, a lot of that stems from a, a lack of respect for the dignity of the person. Big time. And and again, go back to the acceptance of of abortion. People are things now to be used. People, yeah, they're expendable. Um, they have no inherent worth. Yeah, you know, and it's it, it's just sad how abortion has has brought us to that point. And you know, speaking of forgiveness, it's always heartbreaking when you hear the mothers who either willingly chose or were convinced to have an abortion, but then regretted it how they struggle with forgiveness with them for themselves. And, it's the hardest thing. And, and, and I don't envy those women. I hope they find the peace that they're looking for. But again, that peace may only come through fasting and prayer to God. You know, and we talked with, we've talked with uh, Michael Lofton, and we're going to have him on again hopefully soon. But um, yeah. his story um, about uh, a firmer relationship that he was in and which the woman did procure an abortion. And I'm sure that the forgiveness process was arduous for that. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, I can't even imagine like, like the, the, you know, in compared to the stuff that I can't forgive, right. With those two or three people, that's, that stuff is so minuscule compared to that. Um, and I just, I, I would love to, I'd love to talk with him one day about that off air and just sort of get his, his perspective on that, because he seems like a pretty interesting, he seems like a pretty wise guy. He's no, you know, he's a wise guy. Oh, yeah. shout out, shout out to Anthony, my, my, <laughs> my wise guy over at Avoiding Babylon. No, um, I know, I know, I know. I, I think Michael Lofton does very good work. I know that's controversial to say among certain trads and certain trads don't like him even trads that we interact with certain okay well like I, us, so. I don't have to agree with him <laughs> on everything and he doesn't have to agree with me with everything but on the fundamentals i haven't seen anything come from the guy that i didn't agree with now have i watched all his content no but i, I think the guy does does a good job and i think he has a lot to offer 
in the world. But, but again, sometimes we kind of get in, we don't pick our battles very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, people want to, and, and that's really the reason I wanted to have this episode is I, like to a certain extent, I know that the big, uh, the, the news out there is Nancy Pelosi receiving <laughs> communion at the Vatican. Um, I, I don't want to say that I don't care about that, but folks, the Vatican has always been a pit of snakes and it always will be. Uh, and, you know, now I was, actually take that more personal than I did traditionally custodians, ironically okay, well, enough. Well, let's talk about that because that's, <laughs> I mean, it's not nothing. You yeah. know, you, you get a letter published in Lesservatore Romano about what a bad person you are because you go to the traditional Latin mass, but pro abortion yeah. politicians, I mean, come on. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, I so, guess, I guess so, I just take it more personal. Like, you know, yeah, it's bad that her bishop bander and all these other bishops are ignoring her even even in the vatican right they're pope francis and they're ignoring her whoops Sorry. her own her own bishop and whatnot right but i guess i guess my love for the eucharist is what really makes that personal for me the fact that that you don't have the proper respect and formation and you look at holy eucharist like it's just common bread that you deserve you deserve it no, you don't deserve it. It is a gift from God to us with conditions. Yeah. Right? It's not just a, 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 a you know piece of bread I just toss out on the street. It is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. The literally, and the it, omega. Yeah. And it, I, I guess I take that personal because it means something really deep to me. I'm not, I'm not saying that the traditional yeah. Latin mass doesn't mean something to me, but I, but, but I guess I viewed traditional custodians as just a gen, generality. You know, he's has a lot of bad information is the way I view it. Nancy Pelosi and, and Joe Biden and them, th they don't necessarily have bad information. I don't believe. I, I think they know the right information. They just choose to ignore it and, and still profane well, the they, Eucharist. The, they, you know, our Lord said you cannot serve both God and Mammon at the same time. Well, what they want to, what these guys want to do is they, they view the Catholic religion as a gateway to a certain voting demographic. But the problem is, is the values of the Catholic church also hurt them with a, another voting demographic that they need. So they want to be able to do it, but not do it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you can't. And, I'm not in charge of all I can do. If Nancy Pelosi ever called me up and said, Mark, do you think it's a good idea if I go to Holy communion? I've got a lot to tell her. I've got a lot of great advice to give her on that topic. Mm -hmm. No, seriously, because there's one thing Nancy Pelosi, whether you'll ever hate her, she is a member of our society that has strayed from our flock. She's out there in wolf territory. And she don't even know it. And it doesn't uh, look. I mean, I mean, I view her as one of the wolves, not, you know, she, she, she's gone so far away. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just view her as a wolf that wouldn't we want her would, the face. Would we want her to come back? Oh, absolutely. So that's my, Absol so she, absolutely. So then, yeah. So that's so, but honestly, if, if all you're looking at are the are the are the polling data and the demographics of voters and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, I 
I liken um, the spiritual life a lot to exercise. You and I have talked a lot about that, right? And if or our lack thereof, physical exercise, or our lack thereof, but <laughs> you know, working out is one of these things that you have to do. You have to get serious about it in order for it to 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 have to bear fruit in your life, right? Consistency. If you're not, you have to consistency, but but just getting serious about it, having a plan, because if you if you're if you go in and weight lift, and you're not conditioned for it, you can actually hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. So going to communion without but with not being properly disposed to do so, far from you getting any spiritual benefit from that at all. You know, our, our uh, St. Paul actually says they eat and drink condemnation upon themselves. Mm-hmm. And he even goes on to say that some of them were getting sick and even dying. Even dying. From now, profaning. You know, so you have to ask yourself, There, there's a great story that our Lord talks about uh, with a, a Pharisee and a publican. And the Pharisee stands there and talks about how great he is and how much he deserves uh, all the all the spiritual blessings in the world because of he you know I'm a it sounds a lot like Nancy Pelosi I'm a devout Catholic uh, you know I'm devout and I'm a good Catholic and all this that and everything yeah. then there's the then there's the publican who stands off and beats his chest and says Domini non sum dignus ut interest subtectum meam sed tantum dicverbat sanabitur anima mea I am I am a, I am not worthy to receive you but only say the word and I shall be healed. Our Lord has opinions about both of these individuals. And you have to ask yourself, which one you want to be like? If you want to be like the Pharisee, then go be like the Pharisee. But you take your salvation into your hands here. This is not a game we're playing here. This yeah. We're not playing, man. This is, you know, we're talking about your eternal salvation. Eternity is a long time. And on the day of judgment, you're going to be held. I'm going to be held to account for everything I've done. And, you know, go back and read John 6 and figure out if you think that Jesus thinks that this communion thing is a big deal or not a big deal. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the thing is, is, is when, when we Catholics like me or you or whoever talk about withholding communion, we're always accused of, oh, so you think you're a great Catholic. You're just so. No, I, I literally don't think that about myself. I view myself as a struggling Catholic who is striving for holiness. I don't view myself as good. But see, that's the difference of of what you're talking about. They view it as I have a right to this. When we receive Holy Communion, I don't look at it as a right. You know, I've actually, uh, for a while now, I've started saying the Jesus prayer as I'm walking up to Holy Communion, receiving, coming back, because it's a good reminder that, this is a gift from Jesus Christ, right? Um, so, I look at the, and and I know we've all seen. There's always usually you know five or six folks who will sit out communion. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's let's look at Nancy Pelosi, and then let's look at that guy at your local parish who sits out who sat out communion. The Pharisee, the publican, and what's funny is we're always accused of being Pharisaical. Well, let's find out who the Pharisee here actually is. Let's find out who the Pharisee is. Let's go back and let's read the story. Let's find out who the Pharisee is. That young person at your parish who sat out communion, 
I don't know why they sat out communion, and I don't care. That's between him and that's between that's between mm-hmm. him and our Lord. But what I do know is that's somebody who's getting serious about their spiritual life. You, because they did an honest examination of conscience. You know it was honest because they came out the other end and they said, you know, for whatever reason, right now, I'm not properly disposed to receive our Lord sacramentally. Well, and 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 not that's re- somebody who is on the road to great sanctity because they are getting serious about their spiritual life. Well, and and I was going to ask you as well, but but I'll make the statement. And just because somebody sits out, I I don't that doesn't necessarily mean they're in a state of mortal sin. I know I've sat out Holy Communion not because I felt I was in mortal sin, but for other reasons, right? Yeah. For other but reasons. again, it, but my question to you, Mark, have you have you ever sat out? from receiving Holy Communion during Mass. Oh, yeah, many times. Okay, how, how, do you, how does that make you feel when you're sitting out? Like, is it something that, like, go ahead. I'll go ahead and let you answer the question before I ramble on too much. I don't, uh, I, I, I do a spiritual communion, um, but it's, it's one of those things that I, uh, uh, about five or six years ago, I, I decided to get really serious about my spiritual life. Part of that is, uh, before going to communion, every time I do a little examination of conscience. And if there is the slightest doubt, if I am unsure, I'm not encouraging people to be scrupulous here, okay? But if you're on the fence and you just don't know, err on the side of safety and don't go up. That's the way I view it. Now, yeah. now talk to your spiritual director and talk to your priest. If they have a different way of looking at that, that might be better. But this is just the way I view it. Um, you know, and and I don't other other than that, I don't I I don't consider I, I'm I'm grateful f- to our Lord for the insight uh during my examination of conscience to know that I might not be ready to do this right now. But is it I I, I guess a follow up to that, is it hard though to sit there when you see other people going up? Do you have that experience of it, man, I it's hard, you know, especially when Sometimes, you're on the fence, yeah. especially when you're on the fence about something, yeah, because, yeah. because I know anytime I've sat out from receiving Holy communion, it's hard. And when you already know you're going to sit out, you start, you know, at least with me personally, start playing these, these mental gymnastics in your head. Oh, well, was it really trying to find a way to say, okay, make yourself comfortable. But when it comes down to it with, in my experience personally, it's like, okay, if you're doing all these mental gymnastics, just yeah. just swallow your pride because again it goes back to this whole deserving i don't deserve this and i need to receive it in the most right. reverent way i i know how with the with the clean conscience right and um but but these politicians like that they don't view the holy eucharist like that. they are actually the ones that view themselves as the good catholics and they even say as much right so so when people accuse us of thinking we're holier and all that than them that's actually who's way really off the base. pharisee here who's really yeah. the pharisee i mean the pharisees there's there's one story in the gospel about the pharisees being uh, uh fastidious with with rules but for the most part most of the criticism of the pharisees of our lord is about their insincerity and their 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 lack of humility and their inability to subjugate themselves to the very God that they claim to worship. And then just being fastidious with rules doesn't cut it. 
if at the same time you believe that you are above everybody else. And I don't think that because I go to traditional Latin mass, I'm a better Catholic than anybody else. In fact, most of the time I'm pretty convinced that I'm not that good of a Catholic. I'm lucky to be there. Basically I'm lucky to (laughs) be by the grace of God. I'm there. It's I'll be honest with you, Jason. It is, it is still a struggle for me to get to mass every Sunday. I mean, it's, this stuff doesn't just come easy to me. I'm not doing this because I just have this natural tendency. I like church stuff more than other things. I, it, it's still a struggle for me because I don't like crowds and I don't, uh, I'm kind of one of these people like, like I, I could, I could be really enjoying this book. And then as soon as the book is assigned in school, like I don't want to read it anymore. Like I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being, I don't like be, having expectations put upon me. That stuff just not come natural to me and I don't like it. That's because I'm a sinner and I'm fallen and I am proud and I am self-centered and all those things that that come with being born in the state of original sin and the concupiscence of the flesh that that's left upon me. Um and I need to get my I need to get my arms around it or or or, or make no mistake, I am capable of great evil. Um, I, I always laugh cause I, I do, uh, criminal law. And, you know, when you talk sometimes to the parents, you know, I know little Johnny, I know little Janie, they're just not capable of something like that. And I go, well, maybe they did it and maybe they didn't. That's a question left to be decided, but whether they're capable, that's reach a catechism. That's yes, they are. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, are. and here's the. <laughs> Here's the here's one of the things that I learned from doing prison ministry uh, for a couple of years was there's a lot of guys in there that I've come across who they made a mistake or or, or made a bad decision what whatever you want to say one bet up to that point clean record didn't have any issues and you come to realize that if we're not careful we are all one bad decision away from ending up where they are. And that's all it takes because some of them, it was they made a bad decision. They let their pride get in the way at, at too much one time, you know, their anger or whatever, you know. And, and even some of them, you know, people, people are going to prison for texting and driving and they hit somebody. People are going, you know, prison yeah. for having, you know, a, a one drink too many at a bar unintentionally, not, not in. Not even necessarily drunk, but you know they're just over the legal limit. O- over yeah. the limit unintentionally, and they hit somebody. They're in prison. I mean, it. it we are all capable, uh, or we are not only capable of being there, but we need to guard ourselves because we're one bad mistake or decision. And it from, can happen so from quick. going there, and, and it happens. It happens quick. Because, like I said, I've come across many guys in the prison system, at least here in Texas, that they didn't live a life of crime and, and stuff like that. They, they had a bad decision and now they're paying for it. I mean, think about the, the sexual promiscuity of, of, you know, like when I was in my twenties. So I, I, so I want to uh, engage in this consensual activity with this other girl and she's fine with it and I'm fine with it. We're not hurting anybody who cares. And then she gets pregnant. And I'm not willing to change my entire life up, and she's not willing to change my entire life up. So we go get an abortion, and now you're a murderer. Yeah. I mean, it happens that quick. Now, by the grace of God, that particular instance never happened to me. But could it have? Oh, you bet. 
I mean, yeah, no, you're capable of great evil. And that, like, that's the thing that I don't see from Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden is the admission that, yeah, I, I am a sinner. I am capable of great evil. And I desperate, and I, and I beg the Lord's forgiveness and I ask for his mercy. I don't see any of that. I see, I am, you don't, how dare you, you know? And it's like, okay, well, maybe we should all come to your house on Sunday and sit around you if you're so great and wonderful and gracing us with your presence. I mean, you know, yeah. you have to ask yourself, who do you want to be like? Because I can't control who Nancy get, Pelosi gets communion from. I know she doesn't ask me and I'm not in control and I'm, I'm way down here in the hierarchy of the church. Uh, but to me, the lesson from that is, who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like the publican or do you want to be like the Pharisee? Mm -hmm. you know and ask yourself seriously ask that question and then that's the lesson to take from that um and and in terms of forgiveness for nancy pelosi i pray for i mean she hasn't she has not harmed me in in that sense but she has done if if i if if what if if indeed what has happened is what i believe has happened because you again I don't know the state of her soul, but I know the what her comments are publicly and what she publicly advocates for. And mm, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them, man. You're playing a very dangerous game. You know that when every time the 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 priest opens that tabernacle, that's like in the movie when they open up the Ark of the Covenant. You yeah. know. And the only reason that what happened to the people in that movie doesn't happen to us is by God's great mercy. That's it. That's the only reason that our faces don't get melted off every time that tabernacle gets opened. You are standing in front, when he holds up that communion wafer, you are standing in front of the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. The the the, the force that brought existence into existence. Yeah. You better, man, <laughs> you go well, up in there and demand things. You Okay. <laughs> well, well, here's the other thing is I start, you know, you start thinking, how, how did people get so off track? I mean, I, I guess you can make easily make the argument they've been off track for a while, for, for, for 2000 years, right? People in general. But, uh, but, but I just start, I can't help but go back to the episode we did with Masses of the Ages, Cameron O'Hearn, and we talked about the prayers being removed. And we talked about, and sorry, Anthony, I'm probably going to mess this up. The uh, Lex, uh, Lex Arande, Lex Kurdindi, right? Or yeah. If I said that right. You got it right. But um, so says I. Yeah. I. I mess things up all the time, too. So but one know. of the prayers they removed was Paul's admonition there. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, people aren't hearing this and let's let's be quite frank most people aren't necessarily reading their bible daily or weekly or monthly or whatever a lot of people get their read their scripture reading from the mass and now you've removed that so uh you know uh you know how you has the saying go uh how you pray is wait i'm getting it backwards yeah, how you pray. No, 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 how you how pray you is what you believe, right? Yeah. yeah. How you pray is what you believe. Yeah, so <clears throat> the fact that we remove that and of course all the other the other scriptures that talk about judgment, final judgment and and things like that. No wonder 
people's catechesis is so bad because they can't even go to mass to get good catechesis, much less at a religious education, it seems like. And, I, and I'm not dogging or downplaying because there, there are good religious education programs out there. I'm, I'm not, not dogging that or CCD, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. There are good ones out there. But as a whole, nobody can deny that Catholics in general, at least in this country, have bad catechesis. Right. Well, around the world, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I, the way I look at it, though, is our Lord's going to sort all that out. This is yeah. ultimately his church. He's going to sort that out. So, um, but I felt like with when Traditionis Custodis came out, that was, I took it personally because that was a dig at, that was a dig at people like us. I could, yeah, no, no, I definitely little, understand that. It was yeah. a little, it was, it was, a, I don't like you people. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I just don't like you people. And, as far as I'm concerned, you don't even belong here. You're not cool enough to be in the church with me. This is my church now, and I'll do with it whatever <laughs> I want. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of time, everybody's gangster till the Son of Man appears coming on the clouds of heaven as one having power and authority. <laughs> and we'll find out on that day who who's really in charge of the Catholic Church. And the, so and the, funny th- and the funny thing is, and even if you look at the latest document that came out, there's justification for it. It's like... You know the things that you're backing up, your justification. Don't even agree with what you're saying, like uh, sacro- sanctum concilium. Sacrosanctum concilium doesn't even agree with you, Everything and you're they saying say it is does. A lie. Everything yeah. they say is a lie, and that's why I keep going back to, I I I I draw a direct correlation between this stuff and the sex abuse crisis <laughs> in the clergy. And everybody wants to know why why do you conflate those two things? Why do you think that because they both happen because the Catholic hierarchy won't stop lying. Every word out of their mouth is a lie. And I don't know why they do that, expecting different results. You would think that after that story broke in what was it, 2000, 2005 or whatever it was, and they were exposed, they couldn't lie anymore. And you would have thought they'd have gone into that USCCB meeting and went, you know, the plan that we have where we just lie and lie and lie, and then when we get caught, we lie some more. Let's not do that anymore because that didn't work. But no, but no, no, (laughs) not at all. Not at all. They went into that meeting and they went, let's lie some more. Let's tell more lies. Well, 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 the only explanation is. Which tells me that they haven't fixed the problem. That they'll, they we'll go through this again, and I just don't know how else to tell them that they can stop telling lies. My goodness. Well, you the would only... think the average eight-year-old yeah. is able to come to that moral conclusion before these doctorates from the Gregorian <laughs> Pontifical Athenaeum. I just don't understand how difficult this is. But anyway. <laughs> the only conclusion I come up with is, is as bad as it sounds – Maybe they don't care. They don't want it to change. They don't care. But you know, I, I I'm looking. I'm looking at the time here. I know we're. we're I know. Sorry about we're that. We're coming up late here. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I just wanted to round it out with forgiveness. You know, since that kind of what the topic was about. <laughs> we did a pretty good job for a while staying on it. But uh, we did. <laughs> then I went off. <laughs> but I but but I'm looking at my bracelet here, and we did a Father's Day episode about Father Amo Capon. We did. 
and uh, he is a servant of God. If any of our listeners haven't heard that episode, go, go check back, it out. Man. That's a great but, episode. But the reason I bring it up is because I got, I've looked at this bracelet I have. It's, you know, I, I, I got it from, um, uh, uh, you know, the guys up in Wichita Senate because I recently visited his, his tomb, saw the, one of the most powerful images I I've ever seen in my life in person was the cross that was made in the POW camp after he died by a Jewish, I think he was a major in the U S army didn't even know father Capon, but based on the stories that he heard from the other men in the POW camp made this cross carved, made the tools himself and then carved this cross and they brought it back and it's sitting at a high wow. school down in Wichita, the actual cross. And like, they wouldn't even leave without that cross. Some of the guys were like, no, we're not leaving unless we have this. And I think there was something else, but you can go, if anybody's ever in Wichita, you can go visit his tomb. Very powerful. Go five miles or so down the street, whatever it is at the high school, Catholic high school. And you can literally see, stuff that he wore stuff that he owned stuff from the pow you can, they even have the knives and chisel that was made in the camp to make the cross wow that's so cool. the reason i bring all that up i i just was given a just brief brief story about that but father amel capon along with father maximilian colby are recent saints where you can see forgiveness on a whole new level Definitely. Because as they were being taken off to be killed, they, remember, it wasn't just they were captured and killed. They had also been tortured by these, you know, by the Koreans or the Germans in Father Kobe, uh, 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 St. Maximilian Kobe's case. Anyway, their captors had been torturing them, and now they were leading them off to kill them. And in the middle of that, they blessed them, forgave, the, asked God to forgive the men, and went to die, and never once did a harsh word come out. And I say, how would I be in that situation? I'd either be probably crying, I'd be fighting, I'd be I'd be mad at the people. I'd you know I I could possibly woe is me type attitude. You know I might do all of those. But these two great men are such an example of forgiveness that they forgave these men when these men did not deserve the forgiveness. And it's a reminder that none of us forgive our uh, uh, owed forgiveness from God. Right. It is by his love and by his grace that we receive that forgiveness. So we need to keep those things in mind when we're struggling, forgiving somebody else. Do they deserve it? Maybe they don't, but through, through the love of Christ, and because of Christ, we need to do the best we can to forgive those people. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's very powerful. And um, I, it, is, I, it is my prayer that, and, and I hope all of our Tradman listeners will continue to pray for me that, that I grow in humility and, and can attain that grace to forgive and be reconciled with those people um, in, in ways that, are correct and healthy, right? Because like you said, sometimes you do have to set boundaries. But um, I don't want that to get in the way of my my salvation. And, um, and I don't want it to get in the way of their salvation. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it could be the fact that my lack of forgiveness is the thing that is holding up their conversion process. I don't know. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, if you guys continue to pray for me, I will. We will definitely continue to pray for y'all. This has been a good episode. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed it, and uh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna head out tomorrow on a long trip. <laughs> well, it's not gonna be a long trip, but it's like gonna be a long day tomorrow. Well, so. Saint Christopher, pray for you. <laughs> Thank you very much, and uh, may Almighty God bless all of us. And uh, that's that's really all I got. And Jason, any parting thoughts? No, just uh, appreciate everybody that's listened, and may God bless each and, every, each and every one of you. And remember, life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary. God bless everybody. Mm-hmm.